I know. <laughs> yeah, we should stick to happy stuff. Yeah, I know. Like, fuck, the president has COVID, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much of our listenership we probably lost. <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, my guess would be that we didn't lose a single fucking one. And if that's we, what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. And I if we it. do lose you because of that comment, do please let me know because I want to celebrate. <laughs> right we just come firing right out of the gate with controversial hot right. takes <laughs> is it really controversial at this point though i mean honestly right no i don't think so would you feel uh, bad for wishing that adolf hitler was fucking dead no i mean i don't i'd fail to see much of a difference there personally so, yep, this is the anti-Rush Limbaugh show with <laughs> Laurel and Rich. Um, and that's all the fucking introduction you're getting tonight. You guys want to talk about books or something? Yes. Yeah. Let's talk books. <laughs> yeah, sure. Books, movies, podcasts, anything you guys want to talk about. Oh, let me share this. Uh, I was talking to John Tenney earlier, John E.L. Tenney from Hellier and um a zillion other places um i don't know exactly what you call his uh profession um i used to think of it as lying for money but i'm <laughs> less skeptical as i go along these days um but i was talking earlier i wrote a little four-line poem um on uh twitter and it was just what if i drew poetry what would a song look like so Tenny, being the un- fucking incredibly smart dude, he is knows something about everything, and drops a link into this guy Kenneth Patchen's work, and the guy combines his poetry with artwork, and he's fucking brilliant. I mean, it's like, how did I never hear of this guy before? <laughs> it, that sounds really cool. So is it like the artwork? Does it like reflect the? you know, uh, material like in the poem or are they just two separate things, but he, you know, puts them together. No, they're an integral, integral work of art. Each one of them is they work together. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the name it's Kenneth, you know, like, uh, you know, Kenneth Kane, but the last name is Patchen, Patch E N. Okay, yeah, I was gonna ask you how to spell it so I could put that in there, and so I could look it up after, because that does sound really cool. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty awesome. I was impressed. I would very few people I'd go to the go to the edge of genius with, but he's close. Yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out. Well, I mean, he's not close. He's dead, but he was close. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to get any closer, but. You never know. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> I, I felt bad at first. I just started laughing. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted because now I'm looking at all of these. Why'd you um, look it up? Yeah, and I didn't even finish the sentence. I don't, you know, I just like for people to finish it for me. Um, why the fuck not though if you can get someone else to do the work (laughs) (laughs) 
should try that in like real life. I'll just start like saying stuff and then just drop off and see what happens. I do it all the time. And and <laughs> like more, the more tired I am, like I might just peter off after two words and take that where you want to, you know? Yeah. I want to do that at work. Like when I'm talking to somebody from a different department. <laughs> My favorite one is, yeah, I don't. And just leave it hanging there. <laughs> Let them wonder what the fuck it is you don't. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, we're off to a grand start. <laughs> yeah. um, something I wanted to say. Um, this uh, this um, person on Twitter the other day posted, tweeted something out uh Laurel Hightower, you might know her, um, but uh, it was it she was sucks. about reviewers. Yeah, she kind of fucking lame. She is, <laughs> so, bitch. Anyway, yeah, but you know we're we're all broken here, so we love her anyway. Um, but uh, she was talking about reviewers and um, just tweeted out a little reminder, and I wanted to reiterate: be nice to your reviewers. Don't be fucking dicks. Those people are out there doing that because they love it. They get very, very overloaded and frustrated with it, and they continue to do it. And the vast majority of them are not making a fucking dime doing it and don't want to. So, yeah, you know, even if they, even if you don't like what they had to say, maybe just leave it the fuck alone and shut up. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I wholeheartedly endorse that. Uh, yeah, it's and it's one of those things I'd like to say too to, you know, authors who are just kind of finding their way the way that I had to. If you have made a mistake, if you have, you know, sent somebody a request when their DMs were closed, whatever, something like that, don't compound it. Just either apologize if appropriate or back off and do better. You know, because exactly. there there are some mistakes that are easy to make, and if you're calling yourself Kafka. And like Miles Davis, mm-hmm. then, then no, I have, there's no help for you at all. Uh, exactly. But otherwise, you know, most of us make rookie mistakes. So, yeah. But, but uh, like all the love yeah. to the reviewers. But don't call yourself Stephen King and I read you and find out that maybe Stephen King in the fourth fucking grade. Shut up. <laughs> or, the, or that guy who like impersonates Stephen King on Amazon. It's like Steve R. King. <laughs> yeah, Steve R. King. Steve R. Fucking with you. <laughs> I swear to God, like the, it's the same thing with like, again, dating websites. I met my husband on Match.com. If I were to put a really misleading picture on my profile, I would have nothing but disappointed dates. That mm-hmm. sounds horrible. Like, <laughs> I would really rather just someone go out with me knowing who I am and what I look like, as opposed to thinking they're going with Cindy Crawford and being really upset when they're not. It's yeah. got to be the same thing with the books. Although, I guess if you've already made a sale, maybe you don't care. I have no idea. It's a, probably. I mean, if because from what I've seen of that particular person... Um, is like it kind of emulates like the cover style and everything. So like I think that's more of what it is. And I guess there's like a Dean Koontz one, but I can't remember like how they differentiate. Um, he's his name is James <laughs> Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I apologize to one of those authors. Um, he has neither a J or a P in his name. <laughs> but yeah, the thing about reviewing too that I want that I wanted to touch on, kind of what you guys said is, too, it's all about like tone. Because like I've I've had some before where like it starts off like a normal request and then you politely say like, you know, no or, you know, this doesn't sound like it's for me. And then they just come back like, you know, guns blazing, like either saying things like you guys said, like I'm Miles Davis or they're just really rude about it. Yeah, that's that's just I mean, I can see making mistakes you know, like almost more in a technical aspect or maybe not knowing etiquette, but you got to yeah. fall back on the golden rule. Like if you can't not be a douchebag, then you're not ready for this. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Um, because it, the problem is, is you're going to encounter a lot of douchebags and you're going to encounter a lot of really smart, honest people who can further your knowledge and your talent and your career. Um, but you have to have thick skin for both of those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if, if somebody who's legit says, you know, you know, they're legit because they're not being a douche and calling you names and stuff because they didn't like your book. Um, really, they're just telling you what they think. But if they give you a legit criticism, um, I've had authors contact me and say, hey, thank you for that. Yeah. You know, um, but I've also had authors contact me and say, hey, what the fuck do you know? Like, uh, what, I, just, what I know is I'm not going to read any more of your <laughs> I feel like it should go without being said, but just one more reminder. Never do that. Like, if yeah. you don't, if you're not happy with the review, it's once you put the work out there, it doesn't belong to you anymore. People can mm -hmm. think whatever the hell they want to think. They can say whatever they want to say. And it does nobody any good to get involved with it. And it's just, I mean, it's not healthy. And it doesn't encourage healthy exchange and let's all back up a lot of steps here for the reminder that reading is supposed to be fun yeah so if yeah. reviewers are overwhelmed and and like you know dealing with anxiety because of their tbrs and people contacting them and shit this is all supposed to be fun if it's not fun we got to quit doing it yep it's something i started schooling myself on recently um and one of the things i was gonna talk to you guys about tonight um is uh I took a little step off of horror recently, um, right after we had Tiffany McDaniel on, because uh, Betty kind of destroyed me. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I do not mean that in a bad way. She's a brilliant author. Um, but I took a step off of horror because it was just getting, life was getting too bleak and too dark. And it reminded me that you need to do that. You need to step back and do something just to chill and have fun with the thing you used to love to do or you're going to stop loving it. And that's where I was starting to get, you know, so. Yeah, that's a and that's that, a really good point. Yeah, um, it, just go ahead, Laurel. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You were finishing a thought. I was so fucking excited you interrupted me. I'm not <laughs> sure what I was <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back to you. It always does. Oh, it was just I was going to say I, I want to mention some of the books that I've been reading lately that are outside of the genre but wondering about you guys. Um, and it's kind of like a multidimensional question. Um, 
what books outside of the genre have you read um, or want to read or are reading um, that, uh, you know, well, I mean, come on, Laurel, finish the fucking question. <laughs> what are you bitches reading that ain't horror? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> We can just round robin it if you want. Um, I am currently reading Hell Chose Me by Angel Louise yes. Kong. And it is, it, it's crime. So it's, of course, and I guess I, it probably definitely you would consider cross genre with horror or definitely horror adjacent given some of the elements. Um, but it's just an absolute blast. Super fun to read. Really, really fast. And yeah, absolutely love it. Highly recommend. Super, super talented, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. That book, in like that, I still need to pick up more of his. But like, I don't know how to describe it. But there's just something about his writing style that's like, not in terms of content, because that book has a lot of heavy stuff in it. But it's almost like comforting in a way. Like it's just a very, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's, it's You're very up, relatable. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right word. Like it's not comforting, but you know, like it's just a very casual style, I guess. I no, can't I understand why you're saying more, more like <laughs> com- comfortable than comforting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I haven't read it yet, so I'm just, you know, jumping in and interrupting the fuck out of you guys. Well, no. Shane, you're gonna have to go and fuck yourself and get you some hell. Chose me. What the hell? Exactly. <laughs> I have it. And I have read about 20 pages of it and got pulled off on something else, you know, because that fucking TBR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that one is and that one. And that's another thing, like kind of some of these new crime books that are coming out um, that one. And uh, Blacktop Wasteland, like they come at, you know, crime in a different, unique way. Right. And that's what I like. Like, I don't want to spoil either one of those. But like it has elements of the genre that you like and love. But they do some really cool, interesting stuff that, you know, you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Another guy that does that is, um, you know, the god of she writes she rides shotgun uh yeah jordan harper and yeah, he's got a new one coming out that's what i was just gonna say thanks rich oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> well i thought that was the theme of that, the episode. that whole finishing <laughs> sentences thing is getting really fucking old all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. i'm fucking with you um and so, yeah, he's got a new book coming out, Rich. Um, <laughs> mess with you. Did, did you say what you're reading right now? No, I um Answer well, the I, fucking question, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, Blacktop Wasteland was one of the most recent, like, outside the genre ones that I read. Right. And, I mean, all the hype about for that book is totally warranted. Loved it. Um, probably... I'd say top three. It's definitely vying for the top spot, but there's a couple that I really like, but it's definitely going to be like in the top three, I'd say. And 
you know, I agreed with you about, you know, sometimes stepping outside of horror and stuff because, you know, if you just read it and read it, even though you love it, eventually you could get burned out on it. Yeah. Um, and even like outside of crime, like lately, every once in a while, like when I'm at the bookstore, I find, um, you know, I'll find a book that looks interesting and like I'll check out the copy. And if it sounds intriguing, like I don't try and see what the genre is, I might just pick it up. Uh, two that I recently picked up that I hope to read, you know, sometime in the next three years because how many books we have <laughs> is uh, there's one called The Regrets, and I'm going to mess up the author's last name and I apologize, but it's The Regrets by Amy Bonifons, I think is how you say it. And then there's another one, and I'm going to, I think it's called Maxine Fury. Um, yeah, or no, it's called Ruthie Fear by Maxim Laskotov. That's another last name that I'm going to pronounce terribly. Yeah, but... see, you got, it really, <laughs> you got the title of that book really fucking close to me. <laughs> well, yeah, because his name was Matt. Well, because what caught my <laughs> eye about... No, but it's funny you mention that, because what caught my eye about that book in particular, um, it was the cover. Um, I shared it a while back on Twitter. Um, it's a really gorgeous cover, but in terms of the artwork, it's like, I can't even really describe it, but it's kind of like two wolves fighting. It almost looks like a tattoo piece. Um, but the way that they outlined like the title and the author name, it's kind of going around the image. So it's like Maxim, then it says Ruthie fear and then the author's last name. So that's why I said Max, I forget what I called it. Uh, yeah. But God, that's yeah. why I butchered it. But, yeah, those are two that I picked up recently that are outside the genre um, that look really interesting. And like I said, that's part of this new thing I'm trying every once in a while to, you know, just pick up a book without really knowing anything about the author or what kind of fiction they write. I pretty much just read what it's about. If it sounds interesting, I pick it up. Yeah. Um. Oh, I guess I have to say something, too. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, well, how can I follow that up? <laughs> well, how about you fucking fess up, dude? Um, I'm not reading any romance currently. Um, I am reading uh, Anne Leckie's uh, Ancillary Justice, um, which is very, very, very good sci-fi novel. Um, and, you know, it's really indescribable it's really something you have to experience to really know um but basically it boils down to is that it's a pretty hardcore uh revenge story in the end um and i'm really really enjoying that i'm slogging through her new fantasy novel which is called the raven and it's got like forty-five thousand pages or something in it <laughs> um but Recently, um, and I've talked about it on Twitter some, um, I read Binti by um, yeah. Nettie Okorafor, and that book fucking owned my ass. hundred pages in a sitting, and I don't think it took me more than like an hour and a half-ish. Um, I just screeched through that motherfucker. And that's, yeah, I mean, yeah. shout out to uh, Bianca X for giving us our reading list. Um, 
because that, yeah, like yeah. that's that I'm, I'm super excited to get into that. Yeah. yeah. Same. It's just, it was just an experience for me at first. It's like, yeah, I'm really iffy with space opera type stories, but he start reading it. And I mean, the space opera just flies out the window. It's really, it might take place mostly on a spaceship, but that's just all it, that's all the space opera there is to it. I had no idea it even was space opera, but yeah. Um, trust me. I, I don't normally read stuff like that. If you don't, you'll be thinking, oh, why the fuck w- would I bother them? But uh, do bother. I plan to. Yeah, That's same. Awesome. I remember when you were um, when you were telling us about it, and then you uh, sent the I think the synopsis and stuff, and that. And what was the other one that you uh, recommended from her? Um, Who fears death? Yeah, that one sounds awesome too. It's really fucking good, and it's really fucking hard to read, too. She doesn't pull any punches in her work. Um, that one's pretty hardcore. She deals with some brutal subjects, and she does not look away. But, uh, yeah, because of that, highly recommended, especially seeing some of the things that she's dealing with from the point of view of a woman, um, and particularly... A woman of color because that that has a lot to do with a lot of what's going on in her stories too so um i think she's just uh like octavia butler she's just an important author um the kind of author that should be being taught in classrooms you know so and yet i digress now so somebody else fucking (laughs) (laughs) no but you know that like us talking about these kind of books, um, you know, like outside of our comfort zone and like people recommending books to us and vice versa. Like, it's just really cool. Like that, this, especially when you're involved in like reviewing or doing a show like we do that you can still find these authors. I mean, that just blow you away. Like that sense of discovery. Like that's one of the coolest things I think about doing this is, you know, that sense of discovering a new-to-you author. Especially a massively good one. Like, uh, I remember yeah. Laurel, Laurel telling me about The Luminous Dead and going, nah, I don't think so. And then reading that book and going, I'll never read anybody else's work again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so write fast for Caitlin, Jesus. Exactly. Get the fuck to work. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember reading that too for the first time. Um, I forget how I even got it, um, but I think I reviewed it for Inkheist. But yeah, because I was like, oh, you know, this sounds really cool, but I'm not sure how I'm gonna feel about like the sci-fi elements. And yeah, that was that book blew me away. Yeah, as did uh, Yellow Jasmine. Mm-hmm. My, our our listeners, you know, um, I guess all nine of them now that Todd quit, um, <laughs> um, probably are sick and tired of hearing us talk about it. <laughs> it's like, I think every episode I bring up Caitlin Starling. <laughs> They're going, what the fuck? The Caitlin Starling show or what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, no, it's it's cool because obviously we all love her too, and um, yeah. I think the fact that 
you know, if you do bring her up that often, that's just all the more reason yeah. that people should uh, listen to you and check it out. Absolutely. Um, don't be a stupid motherfucker, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> That's like your reading rainbow pitch right there. It's just, right. it's just your, you got a, got a nice little meme of Shane. Don't be a stupid motherfucker. Read. The more you know. Yeah, the more you know. Like, like yesterday saying, the only time I take the high road is to throw a motherfucker off the hill. <laughs> Just, you know, a kind way of saying, be kind to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's what I took away from it. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I read uh, um, Devil's Call, of course. I had had it, and it was a good opportunity to read it when we had J. Daniel Dorn on, which, of course, was a super fun show. Um, and I realized I was kind of thinking... I got like a little bit of an idea for either a short story or flash fiction or something today. And I realized that like, I have started thinking in terms of, okay, this is the topic I want to cover. How would J. Danielle Dorn approach this in a mm -hmm. short story? Because seriously, it's like um, the backwards man still fucking haunts me. Uh, it, yeah. You know, it's just, it's that way that's totally anathema to my completely ridiculously literal mind of being able to sort of like sneak in backwards and, you know, just say it in just some, you know, way that's never been said before. Um, yeah. And I mean, she's such a fucking awesome person. It was like um, somebody printed my attitude on somebody else's fucking brainwaves when we talked to her, <laughs> except that she actually is funny. Um, <laughs> but And I'd love to be able to just bring that, you know, that that attitude to my writing. But you're right. She just... Everything I've read by her, the way she looks at things and the way she makes you see things um, is very, very much her own. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's that ambiguity of it. But the way that like, you know, if I had read their stories like, t you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I would have been at a loss. Like, I don't understand what's being said here <laughs> because right. it's not spelled out. But Same. it, you know, but but the way that it's expressed, it's like it gets in touch directly with the emotions that I would want to impact with a story like that. Yeah. So that's kind of like hashtag writing goals. Right. I'm, I'm emulating you, Jamie. I'm sorry. Um, Jamie, also real quick. And uh, anyone else who might take offense at that, I slipped and said she and her in that last discourse. And um, I know better than that. And I apologize. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good, man. I don't want to have to find it and edit it out. <laughs> so I'll just apologize for it. Fair. I'm kidding. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's... I didn't even... Uh, I'm not sure I even really kept us on track there. We were talking about books outside the genre. And I'm like, anyways, here's why I really like Jamie. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> It, it's kind of it's kind of on track. Um, it is actually when I think about Jamie's work, um, I think it's largely magical realism and neo noir more so than I mean it. Yeah, it has horror elements in it, but mm -hmm. that's not where. If you ask me to describe 
the primary genre that I would say it had elements of horror. I would not say it was horror. Yeah. yeah. I think it could I think it could go in any of those directions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um you know, a lot of their stories um like yeah, Devil's Call, which you know is kind of more in the horror realm, but there was that story in uh Tough magazine, The Porcupine Method. And just the way that they're able to work within a whole bunch of different genres. Yeah. And that's another cool thing about, like, doing this show is that we've had authors on that aren't, you know, we've had some that do horror in other genres. We've had some that are, you know, strictly crime. Mm -hmm. And, and, like, the fact and just the way that they approach their craft and some of the tips that we've gotten you know, to incorporate into our own stuff and stuff that we've learned. Yeah. You know, that's one of the coolest things about this show is, you know, it's, you're learning bits about writers from different genres and, you know, different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. It's um kind of, uh, I mean, really not to toot our own horn too much, but it's kind of an epic educational experience, this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody wanting to know more about writing and, um, you know, see it, see how a zillion different people come at it differently. Um, this is definitely a good resource for that. Absolutely. Um, That's why I used to stalk you guys on yeah. Twitter. Like, <laughs> Where's the episode? Yeah, I know. Fuck, I Tuesday know. afternoon. I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> I was an hour late the other day and going, oh, I miss when Laurel say, where the fuck is it, dude? <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> Laurel jonesing for stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Lisa Simpson all over again, just like sitting in the front row of the classroom. I'm ready to learn. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. Jesus, this this drink I made is so fucking strong. <laughs> oh awesome. God, perfect. <laughs> um, I'm trusting that, you, Shane. That later, when you edit this, if I go completely off the rails, you gotta <laughs> give me a heads up. Um, I will do so if you promise to do the same for me. I will. I will it's, do so. Everybody's sitting there going. Shane, go off the rails. Uh, <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> Dude's so fucking level headed, man, he holds that shit together. I know, yeah. <laughs> but well, I will use this opportunity to shout out is it oh god, the name of the the witchcraft witchcraft cocktails? Mm-hmm. I'm saying that like you have the book in front of you. I don't have it in front of no, me. Somewhere I, in my house. I just looked it up yesterday and I have this fucking photographic memory. Okay, it is funny. God damn it. <laughs> Does he have a photographic memory for alcohol? That's awesome. Yeah. That's a superpower I like. I was like, I thought we were learning something new, but okay. I kind of I kind of actually do because I was a bartender for so long, but uh, it's one of the few things I can retain in my head. Yeah, oh, that makes me write a comic book about your character who has the photographic memory for alcohol and how that... And you can't remember anything else. No, you're going to solve crime 
just by remembering what people drank. Yeah. That That's... motherfucker had that charred pine cone thing. We know that. <laughs> that asshole. You know, you should team up with uh, Keith Rossum on that one. There you go. <laughs> I think that'd be cool, actually. That's a pretty cool idea. She was a long-legged beauty with a penchant for pine cone. <laughs> <laughs> hey since we're all drinking rich if you want to write down any episode names pension for pine cone might work out yeah that's actually not shabby (laughs) Um, it's going in here what uh what um when you guys write do you actually think in genre are you thinking when you sit down to write something i know a lot of times it just by definition of the idea is blatantly horror um but is it always do you always sit down with it in your head that i'm writing a horror story always i know laurel writes thrillers too but rich why don't why don't you feel that one first uh i don't um the few things that i've actually finished um like you said they tend to lean more towards horror but that wasn't like really in my mind when i wrote them it was more, you know, kind of like how a lot of people do it. It was just something that, you know, I thought was interesting and that I would want to read, and I just wrote it. I didn't really have any concept of uh, what genre it was going to be. Um, the longer thing that I'm working on um, in spurts, um, actually, I like I haven't thought of it in terms of, oh, that's going to be X genre, but... Um, like it's going to have elements of weird things in it, but I don't even really think of it as genre, to be honest. I mean, it's definitely not like literary because that's just not even in me to do, but I don't think of it in terms of like, Oh, this is going to be a cool genre story or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Laurel. That makes sense. Um, it does make sense. Yeah. Sorry, Rich. I was that. No, it's all right. <laughs> Going, fuck, I'm going to have to follow these answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, ahead, like, don't worry about mine. Laurel's is going to be great, I can tell. No, or, like, I, you don't even understand how much rum is in this drink. So <laughs> I was going to say, with that drink, she's going to say, a beach called Gulfy Kabak. From as much as I can remember at this juncture, Whispers in the Dark is probably the closest I would come to have written within genre, but it was mostly just because I wanted to tell a ghost story. Um, So again, when I was told to market it as more of a thriller, I was okay with that because ghosts are thrilling. Um, But I think that, I think that because I read so much horror and because that is my strong preference and uh, also I'm just apparently a really dark person where my imagination goes. Um, that's Which sounds pretentious. Than twisted motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things. Like I, you know, I, I have again wonderful people in my life who are not horror fans, uh, yeah. normies, as Jack uh, Campisi calls them, and you know they're starting to read Crossroads, and I get some interesting texts from people, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm like, I just remember, like, yep, the whole world is not exactly like this, actually. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so long rambling way to say no, not usually thinking genre. Go ahead, Shane. Okay. Um, no, not at all. Not in the slightest. Um, I don't, uh, 
think really about what I'm going to do. I just I've discovered recently that if I just sit down and start writing, it's the best way for me. If I give myself too much to think about, um, I just get lost in the forest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was talking to uh, Tiffany McDaniel a couple of times after, you know, via email, um, after that podcast, and she made a point that was essentially. Um, some people, the way their minds work, they they get bogged down by detail, and they got to get the detail out of the way. Um, you know, just know your character, and you know it's kind of like I think it was Stephen Graham Jones said that too. Just know your character really fucking well and follow them. And I'm finding that feels like it's pretty effective for me. Yes. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, fuck genre. I don't care about genre. If you tell me your book is literary horror, I'll tell you, shove that literary up your ass. <laughs> it's all fucking literary, man. I'll, I'll just ask yeah. you whether your agent made you say that. Right. Let's take a step back. Often the writers are not the ones who are using Good point. <laughs> okay, well, tell your agent he's a fucking dick. <laughs> no, nah, it's a good selling. It's good selling lingo. You know, even though in reality, most people who read genre fiction, the last thing they want to read is literary fiction. Yeah, so. <laughs> a hard thing to define, too, but maybe just because I haven't taken, you know, specific classes in it or something. Yeah. I think basically what it means is it's not very fucking interesting, but it's really well written. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Um, I just got myself hung. On <laughs> but, you know, it's it, you did uh, raise an interesting uh, thing that I kind of relate to, too, where you said, like, sometimes you just sit down and, you know, write, try and, like, remove, like, the distraction or the detail because, you know, sometimes it can kind of, like, hinder what you're doing. And I I can relate to that a lot myself because sometimes, you know, sometimes that happens to me. Like some some days I'll have really good writing days where it just where I kind of take the approach you said, where I just sit down and start writing stuff. And then, you know, within like a couple sentences or so, you know, it starts to flow. And then there's other days where I'm thinking too much about what I'm writing, if that makes sense. Like I'm Mm -hmm. thinking too much about what it is. And then that's where it kind of like, you know, locks up the gears. Yeah. For me, I eventually have to, I have to stop. I mean, what, for one thing with really long work, even novella length, I don't think I could get away with it. Um, I would get lost worse without a plan in the case of longer works like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the shorter stuff just feels like if I if I approach it like poetry, um, then I can write it. But the second I start fucking thinking about it, game over. It's like I'll writing and writing and writing, and hey, I'm really loving this, and uh, and I wonder where I should go from here. And yeah, you're dead, motherfucker. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, that's almost the exact same thought process that I have. See, if I just write and write and don't think about it, it'll go on for a long time, but it won't get anywhere. Like, we'll end up in fucking 
you know, Corbin, Kentucky, before we know right. what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Won't be a good scene from there. You'll be, you'll be able to see the Laurel's manuscript from space. Oh, God bless America. It's fucking true. It's so bad. Like one of those weird facts where it's like if you stack X amount of these, it'll reach the moon like three times. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. and that is the full length of the novel Silent Key, which will never be coming out <laughs> right. because, Jesus Christ, it's too long. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, NASA has decided to piggyback off a <laughs> manuscript and build a space elevator to Mars. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. Laurel Hightower revolutionizes space travel. <laughs> and, it's, and, and calls it a motherfucking accident. Give me a bourbon. <laughs> that's actually the name of the program they had nasa i have a motherfucking accident give me a person someone figure out that acronym i don't know what it is someone later none of us god damn it i had it yeah um yep i lost it i had it god damn it that was a one-time thing never again I interrupted you at just the wrong time. Never getting so, it back. <laughs> am I the only one who's asked anybody any fucking questions so far? I was gonna, I was gonna ask you guys one. Um, I was gonna ask why you were dominating the questions, but go ahead, Rich. <laughs> Fuck you, no, Hightower. Uh, no, I was just going to ask you guys, sort of going off of the writing process, is um, what other things, like, do you, do you guys draw inspiration from, you know, other other media? Like, do you draw inspiration, when you write, like, do you draw inspiration from certain films you like, certain music you like? Basically, do you pull any inspiration outside of, you know, like, you know, other writers or books? You want me to get that first? Yeah, <laughs> I was trying really hard not to interrupt you. It's like, I was doing the same thing. <laughs> At first, I was like, oh, we could just throw my uh, question right in the trash. It was just so fast. <laughs> we couldn't even yeah. how to respond. Rich is, yeah, yeah Rich is going, what Just light fuck, it dude? on fire. <laughs> How can you even ask shit like that, man? What the hell? Moving on. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> no? Um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm visually inspired more than anything else. Um, but I will also often be reading something and find a line just um exceptionally poetic whether it be fiction or poetry or whatever and i will find a way to reword that so i can plagiarize the shit out of it without anybody knowing that's what i did you know <laughs> so i guess that's inspiration too <laughs> that definitely but, fits the bill yeah <laughs> um which is to say i wouldn't really plagiarize anybody but yeah if a line really really influences me it's usually because of what it's saying, not how it's saying it. And I will I will spend some time trying to figure out how I would like to say that same thing, you know. So, yeah, mostly it, I'm inspired by my own fucking insanity. 
So. <laughs> Laurel? You'll, you'll never run out of inspiration, man. It's, it's, it's constantly exactly. doing well. <laughs> Laurel's going, fuck, he's loaded then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your turn, Hightower. My turn, okay. Um, I, I would have to say music mostly, and I can't really listen to anything when I'm writing unless it's like doesn't have lyrics. So I do a lot of film scores. Um, so like Clint Mansell, I love, um, and like the Hellraiser soundtrack and stuff like that. But even more than that, honestly, like, and, and this I think has a lot to do with not getting very much time to myself anymore. Cause you know, everyone's at home and my, my son is home from daycare. Um, but the times when I can be in my car and just listen to music, this is going to start to sound really pretentious, but, um, it's more that certain music that I listen to, even though the song itself wouldn't necessarily inspire something I want to write, um, it, it brings a feeling, you know, that like say inspires the mood. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, just even just triggers a memory or a feeling or something that I latch onto and want to write about. So probably more music than anything else. I relate to that. Not yeah. as a, not as a poet or a fiction writer, but that's, um, most of the songs I ever wrote were wrote, written to a mood that was evoked by somebody else's song. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that because I feel like music is hugely powerful for that. Um, yes, and it's also hugely derivative. It's it's the it is one of the most people call it copycatting, but it's one of the most important parts about music um, is that it's so derivative. Uh, there'd be no such thing as blues music or jazz music if it wasn't, um, and damn sure no such thing as rock and roll. So anyway, I digress. Somebody go on. Did you answer? You did answer, huh? I did, yeah. Rich. Yeah, Rich. Rich <laughs> and then, so the then the, question. the question asker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I I totally know what you mean about like the um, music and the mood. Um, for me, like it's the same kind of thing that you described, but also I I draw a lot of inspiration from films that I've seen. And, you know, same kind of concept, you know, it might not necessarily be like the story of the film, but just kind of the feelings that it evokes. And uh, this is a, a shout out to uh, Chad Lutsky and also Hunter Shea, who are on opposite sides of the uh, spectrum on this uh, topic after I listened to his episode of Paleo Cheese podcast. But um, like those mumblecore films uh, that we talked about, like especially the stuff that like uh, Jay and Mark Duplass do, <clears throat> that stuff really inspires me. Just the way that they kind of handle dialogue because those movies are kind of improvisational in a lot of aspects, especially, you know, those filmmakers earlier works. A lot of times from what I've read and, I could be wrong, but it wasn't like, you know, full scripts. Like they would come up with a general outline of whatever the film was about, but then they would kind of just improvise off that. And just that sort of energy, like when I watch those movies and the feelings that I get watching those movies, like I try and incorporate that into stuff that I do, particularly with the uh, longer form thing that I was talking about earlier. That makes sense. I mean, I think all of it really, it's, it sounds 
Oh my god, I'm not gonna finish the fucking sentence. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting the different approaches and the different things that inspire us. Yeah, like yeah. you said, Laurel, it's it's all very. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like I think too. Oh, like fuck, Rich, you finished the goddamn sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I think I think too. Like it's one of those things where, like, until somebody maybe even asks you about it that you don't you might not even realize like because pretty much anytime you're watching something you're reading something you're listening to something you know you're all you're taking all that in and it becomes part of like your experience and you know in turn when you write things you're trying to you know get your ideas out and filter it through your experiences so like I think it's one of those things where until someone asks you, it's kind of hard to describe even. I'm sorry. What were we talking about? (laughs) 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 Influences like outside of. Yes, I know. uh, Rich, I'm fucking with you. (laughs) Sorry. I'm in a mood. But it was nice of you to keep track and actually like be able to answer that back, Rich. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You keep us on topic. (laughs) Um, yeah, and it really distracted everybody by now from that that uh, statement that neither Laurel nor I could finish nor knows how to. Well, what, <laughs> uh, what I was actually trying to say, but I realized I was not going to be able to say it in a way that didn't sound dumb, but it's like we were all just kind of talking about how we were inspired by the way things made us feel and different art mechanisms to do that. But Yeah, sorry. No, and that's exactly right. That I knew where you were going, and I but I lost. I kn- and I even knew what you wanted to say, but I couldn't get the fucking words out of my mouth to say it. Same. As that you. makes two of us. So. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> yeah, say. but I. It's all good because I. <laughs> I got all good down. <laughs> I got very down. That was as far as we went. Okay, is it my turn to ask a question? Yes. Okay. If you were going to write fan fiction of anything, what would it be? Mm. Rich? That motherfucker walked away. Um. <laughs> did he walk away? Oh, he did. Yeah, okay. Sorry, Rich. <laughs> we called you out. Uh, yep. Everybody knows you're gone now, dude. He's pissing, by the way. Um. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's taking a whopping crunchy. <laughs> He's gonna kill you later. <laughs> God, I have an answer because I'm kind of just waiting so he gets to hear the question. <laughs> uh, no. I'm back. Did you hear the question? Yeah. Okay. It was so bad he just fucking took off. <laughs> no, it, no, it wasn't. I heard the question, but then I was like, "Oh, I already said be right back." So I was like, "I'm just gonna go." <laughs> I, oh, see, so you got to because I thought me. I thought you were I thought you were gonna answer first. So I'm like, "Oh, okay." I heard the question. Shane will go, and then I'll be back in time. Um, but you're like, "You want to take it, Rich?" <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh... 
we have two different Discord channels, and you were previously talking on the other one, so I was sitting on the other one. <laughs> Did not see me right back. <laughs> no worries. It's like, he didn't say shit. Where the fuck is he? Oops. <laughs> so go ahead, Rich. <laughs> um, I, there's already plenty of it out there, but in honor of the final couple episodes coming out, I would say Supernatural. Mm. Well, what would you, what would the fan fiction, would it be like a way to continue it? Is there a storyline that you think should have gone differently or wanted to explore? No, I would probably... That's a good way to put me on the spot, Laurel. I didn't really think about it. I'm just like, oh, it'd be cool to do Supernatural. <laughs> I didn't know you'd want fucking yeah, detail behind it. What the hell? No, I guess, I guess what, I, what I would do, I guess, put on the spot without any other concrete details behind it is maybe because obviously it's on the CW and, you know, there's, I love the show, but, you know, it's, you know, on a regular channel, like maybe take it to like a more extreme version. Like maybe they, you know, face something a little bit more dangerous and, you know, it's a little bit more, a little bit more like what you would expect from like a horror movie. Like I love Supernatural, don't get me wrong, but they can only take that show so far with the channel that it's on. Oh, I like that. Even, uh, I'd like to see that. I think yeah. that'd be a good way to explore. Yeah. Like a like a grittier like I guess because like especially Shane and I like when we used to we used we were going to do some kind of a movie thing. We would go back and forth like him and I both like super gritty violent movies and I think kind of taking the supernatural characters keeping like their bond and stuff, but putting them kind of in that scenario instead. So you give it a gritty reboot. Would you recast it? <laughs> no, not a reboot, but just maybe like a kind of a standalone adventure. Nice. Okay. Obviously Good. it would have to take place before, however they're going to end it, but <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. I would read that. Yeah, I would too. I would too, especially if you make it brutal. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> um, not my answer, but something I've always wanted to see somebody do, or do even do myself, is um, a really fucking horrific, brutal, violent Scooby Doo type scenario. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's like I say, that's not my my official answer. My official answer, if I can call out something, can I call out something besides visual? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, without even thinking about it, my tongue immediately started to blurt "Unbury Carol," and it still. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Still will be that anytime you ask me that question. It has been since I read that book, um, and. Since Laurel's going to put me on the fucking spot, and I'm certain of it. Uh, what did you ask? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be hard for me to figure out where to go with that either, because I would want to go back in, um, into uh, Smoke's history and explore where he came from and how he became what he is. And I think... 
if I did it, he would be a really upstanding dude at the beginning of all that shit, and something really fucked up happened to him. <laughs> Ooh, that's that interesting. Awesome. There's a lot to explore there. I think oh, that would yeah. be good. Yeah. It's, it just like, I know he didn't mean to, but it feels like it's custom made for fan fiction, you know? Yeah. Well, it's it's a universe that that you could really see branching off. You could you could really see a lot kind of revolving in there. Yeah. I've been given official unofficial permission to actually write fan fiction in that world. Um but I'm a fucking coward. <laughs> Are you kidding? That's Josh Mailman's world, man. <laughs> well, plus you, you're also working on like 200 other projects. So right. Yeah. At some point, it's a matter of just finding time to do it. So. Yeah, no shit. Or sleep. <laughs> oh, I assume that was a joke. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a joke. <laughs> You know how that's running with our <laughs> lives these days. Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was laughing with someone yesterday about, and this is a brief aside because you're going to answer that damn question. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I don't remember what I was laughing with them about. It had something to do with what we were just talking about that I also don't remember. So Anxiety, yeah. lack of sleep. Um, oh yeah, she. Well, I was at the weed shop, and they. Uh, she had Chinese food delivered to her that got delivered there while I was there, um, and then we got to talk about it and laughing because the whole time I was working in the restaurant industry, I got myself conditioned to a point where I couldn't eat a hot meal because it just was fucking weird to me. Because you'd get your food and then you'd have to deal with your fucking customers who are more important than you because they're slobs and pigs and cows. Mm. (laughs) By the time you get to your food, it's like it's been sitting on the counter overnight, you know, and that's just after a while, that's just perfect. (laughs) I can't eat it if it's not congealed. What the fuck? Exactly. Just pick the whole thing up with a fork. Like, yeah. (laughs) Glad I got nachos again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Used to be nachos. Now it's a pizza, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's a pizza, bro. That might be episode uh, title two. Now it's a new yeah. <laughs> uh, But, uh, yeah, don't think we forgot about you, Laurel. No, that's, I was just going to say answer the fucking question, Hightower. <laughs> I noticed that pause. I'm like, she's trying to get around answering this. <laughs> no, I was actually wondering if I should try and come up with something more interesting than what it actually is. I, I actually wrote... Uh, fan fiction of the bill hodges series the oh, uh, right on. stephen king thing mr. which is Mer- i'm sorry that's mr. super nerdy what now mr mercedes right that yeah series. yeah 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 well, see that's it was really uninteresting <laughs> no it's not it's not because you said something there you said it's super nerdy 
Oh, it's um, super nerdy. And yeah. honestly, all fan fiction is fucking nerdy. I mean, some people manage to make money at it even, but it's still fucking nerdy because somebody else wrote that shit and you're so hungry for that somebody else's work that you'll read some secondhand fucking shit that somebody wrote to replace <laughs> it. <laughs> Man. And and here's the thing, there is that stigma to it. But I started thinking about this when when here we go back to Caitlin's story. Sorry, Caitlin, we just keep we love your name in vain. But um, I'm your number one fan. (laughs) (laughs) But she mentioned getting a lot of you know getting a lot of uh, experience doing fan fiction. Of things and and I kind of realized I was like you know there there is to a certain extent that stigma to it you know um, but I'm trying to decide why that is significantly different from what you were talking about earlier with music being so derivative and that without mm-hmm. um, you know kind of being influenced by those earlier styles and earlier songs and continuing to repeat that stuff honestly I mean it, it's not again we reference the novel that she'll never see the light of day, but a lot of what, and it's not that it was based on anything specific and it wasn't fan fiction, but when I started writing, a lot of it was sort of taking things that I had seen done and I didn't really love the way they'd come out Mm -hmm. and kind of experimenting with how it would look if it was done my way. And in that novel, uh, the answer was horribly, really badly um, should have stuck with the source material, but it's also, I think, in large part, how sometimes we start. I do agree with that 100 um, percent. Just as a poet, um, I have no formal education when it comes to writing, except for a few creative writing classes where I wrote bad fiction. Um, and but I took class after class after class on poetry itself, not as a writer, but just as a consumer um and i did that very thing basically i emulated i saw things i liked i saw things like i said earlier that people said that i want to say and i also though was fortunate as a poet to always recognize my own voice um so i would see these things know i wanted to say them and find my own way to say them and that's literally 100 percent i learned to write poetry in a vacuum and did not share it with anybody until i was 55 years old so um that's what that is is glowing praise of fan fiction because what i said before was just making fun of it and that's the reality it's a great educational tool it, i mean it is and that but i just wonder how often we think of it in those terms you know yeah. Um, because again, it, it's like I feel like what I always think of with fan fiction is fucking um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Which uh, I, what wasn't that like fan fiction of Twilight or something? Yeah. And, yeah. and again, like I just I can't. I've never read any of them, but I I. Ugh. Anyways, you know, so it's like fan fiction is something that's terrible to begin with, and you know, it, but again, yes, both of those series have brought great joy to their readers and. Yep. Um, you know, there's obviously a place for it. And I also, I'm being a smart ass, but I, I don't want to knock something, although I already did, sorry, but you know, that, that brings someone else joy. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's such a thing as a guilty pleasure in that kind of thing. So no, no, I don't either. That's, um, why I felt like 
and and really, you just said something really important there: guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck even is that? I mean, as long as you're not a pedophile, I don't think it's a guilty pleasure. It's just something you enjoy, you know. Yeah, but there, but there is. I think there's so much, and I think back mm-hmm. a lot too to when I was, you know, a lot younger. And of course, when you're in in school and stuff, you're so vulnerable to the opinions of of your peers. But it's like everything I did was this nerdy thing. I mean, all I had to do was do it for it to be nerdy. Yep. <laughs> and it does strip the pleasure from it. You know, like you you have no idea that you're a giant walking nerd. At least I didn't. Um, and you know, you're just going about enjoying the things that you enjoy. And and you know, I don't want to stomp on them either because kids are just kids. You yeah. Know? That's just how they do. Um, but as adults, you know, I feel like we can do better with that. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's mostly most of us assigning that valuation to our own things that we enjoy. Um, you know, for whatever reason, yeah. I'm rambling. But anyways. No, but you reach a certain age, too, though, where really... If you're an asshole, it doesn't really matter if you're a kid. You're going to be an asshole when you grow up, too. Um, so, yeah, it's it's okay to hold some animosity toward those people. <laughs> I mean, I have to say that because I hold a lot of fucking bitterness. <laughs> but that's what makes for good poetry, damn it. Exactly. And another thing to say about fan fiction, man, is it there's some legit writers that write that stuff for good money. Um, Tim Wagner, who we're going to have on soon has written lots of shit, I think in the star Wars universe and others like that. And guaranteed he's making some good scratch off of that, you know? Um, so yeah, before you knock fan fiction, consider at least the financial potential potential of it yeah (laughs) but also i'm glad i mean you all had really interesting answers to that like either you know either one of those i would i would definitely read the hell out of them and wait did you answer it rich did (laughs) yeah yeah i'm talking about you no she did the bill i know It was Got so it. blasé, it went right under your fucking radar. No, I was no. teasing you because you said it was boring. It wasn't boring, actually. Um, especially, I mean, if you're going to write fan fiction, write it in a Stephen King universe. You'll make some fucking money off of that shit. Uh, no, I won't because no one will ever read it. But in right. any case, this, <laughs> bitch, this bitch is trying to pretend like Stephen King. <laughs> If you like Stephen King, don't read this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it it sounds really cool though. I'm sure it I'm sure it's better than you think. Uh. <laughs> God damn it! How many how many pauses am I gonna get? Well, I'll take. <laughs> No, I'll I take... appreciate you're trying to you're trying to be nice, but I'm just like, nope, sorry, I'm too honest to try like this. Anyway, I'll, I'll take this opportunity because Shane gave an unofficial one and an official one. This I'm not going to classify it, but I also thought of another one. It would be following Mathilda from The Professional as an adult. I have no idea what you're talking about. You've never seen The Professional? Nah. Oh my okay, god, got, Shane, got you've got to watch it now. 
I haven't either. I'm sorry. Oh I'm my. not. I've never been a massive uh, visual media person. I mean, I watch movies sometimes, but I've never. It, people, I inevitably fail when people say, "Hey." Did you like any? What do you think about '80s horror films? And I say I don't. There weren't any fucking good '80s horror films, right? <laughs> and then later I look up 80, '80s horror films and find out that pretty much every fucking horror film I love happened in the '80s. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why the I fuck do people is, pay attention I, to this shit? Gary Oldman in it, and I missed yeah. it. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Gene Reno and Natalie Portman. I could have swore you told me you did see it, Shane. But if not, you should check it out. I think you'll dig it a lot. Mm. Professional what? It's just called The Professional. He's like a hitman. Or it also is called... Okay, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I I have seen that. I apologize. Fuck me. No, no worries. That's if all, you know, professional hitman. I'm going professional plumber. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I had to Google what uh, Natalie Portman's character's name was before I gave that answer. <laughs> That's the one, like, where he's kind of flashing back on his, um, you know, shoot people dead career. <laughs> Kind or of, yeah. Yeah. I mean he kinda does. Um he it's like uh he wit he he's like reclusive and then um you know yeah, he's yeah. down the hall. Yeah. I love that movie. But yeah, that would be my second pick. <laughs> I you like know, that. I feel like with this is something we should pursue, like in all our spare time. We yeah. should you know, we should have some writing exercises that are Yeah. Ten pages of fanfic. And we should tell all our guests, you only get to come on if you promise to bring this exercise with you and read it to us. No way. We'll (laughs) never have any fucking (laughs) guests. Here's your homework. (laughs) That would be fun, though. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, I think that would be fun to do. I don't think it'd be fun to put other people on the spot to do it because they wouldn't do it and I'd be mad. (laughs) (laughs) um also i'm about four minutes away from breaking a promise so uh did you guys have questions other questions you wanted to ask other things you want to talk about you want to just sit here all night long and get shit faced um or you know or should we say let's let ms hightower wells See, I remembered. Um, Thanks. Spend a little bit of quiet time before she has to crash because it's very late where you guys are. I mean, in, not late in terms of like the world, but late in terms of someone who has a two-year-old. So. Uh, it's late in terms of someone who messaged me at fucking four o'clock this morning. That was your time, not my time. Uh, still, <laughs> that makes it seven o'clock your fucking time, and that's still too goddamn early. <laughs> well, next time I'm gonna I'm gonna have Tiny call you, and you can explain to him why. Okay. It's too early. There you go. Hey, Tiny, just stick with me, bro. I'm still up. So. <laughs> oh, God. Let me teach you some shit to say to your mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> grandma will never call you Sebby again. Oh God, I gotta that out. <laughs> uh, pretty sure no one that you're referencing listens to this show. I know. <laughs> it's still kind of crossing the line. I apologize, Laura. No, you're good. <laughs> Uh, so the point is, yeah, now I'm two minutes away from breaking a promise. Um, the point is, we're going to fucking end this shit. Rich, you got anything else? No, no, just that, you know, I really needed this after this week. It was great hanging out with you guys and just talking about random stuff. Yeah, I did the kind of fickle thing last night where, like, I messaged Laurel and said, you know, if we don't feel like this, we don't really fucking have to do this today because I got an episode. Um, in the can um, and then I came back you know right before my drunk ass went to bed and said you know I really kind of need to man yeah. <laughs> I'm glad all this stuff happens like before I even get up like overnight everything percolates, <laughs> everything gets decided I can just wake up and find out what I'm supposed to do <laughs> I, I asked I did not inform <laughs> oh yeah no, and, well, and I, I would like to echo, yes, I, I needed this um, hell of a lot of fun. And also, Rich, yeah, you really needed it. Your week fucking sucked, man. <laughs> That's uh, terrible. Yeah. Hey, you know, man, Rich Duncan tells all his friends and colleagues that he loves his job and he loves his boss and all that stuff. Um, and he wants <laughs> to keep doing it forever. But I think that Rich's boss is a fucking douche. Okay. <laughs> I'd laugh, I'd laugh if, against all odds, he was somehow a listener of this podcast. What? Rich gets a message tomorrow. Hey, dude, thank you for saying that nice stuff to that asshole on your podcast. Empty your fucking van. You're fired. <laughs> well, yeah. as long as we're, as long as we're addressing him, Rich's boss, you need to start treating him like a human being and an asset, which is what employees are. Right. You want to talk to me? You can DM me. We'll have a conversation. But you should be ashamed. Anyway. Can I give him your Twitter handle? No, I'm just yes, kidding. you can. Yeah, I will have a conversation with this fellow. I was going to say, feel free. Uh, but he works on machines. Guys. He's not a machine, you motherfucker. Real quick, okay, I'm dressing up for Halloween. I mean, for Halloween. As What are we wearing? What's your costumes um, this year? I have thoughts. Are we going to dress up for the show? Uh, cha. Oh, shit. I better, uh, I, I better, I haven't even thought about that. Oh, I have. I had a really good idea the other day, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. I remember what it was. I'm not telling you. I'm going to do it, though. Okay. I'm not, well, I'm not going to be a woman again, though. That's really fucking uncomfortable. How do you people do that? Oh, <laughs> uh, what do you think the bourbon is for? Yeah, no shit, man. I strapped on a bra and got fucking shit-faced in ten minutes after that. <laughs> God hates you people. It's reasonable. Just wait till you try Spanx. <laughs> just, just the delivery of that cracked me up. He's like, I strapped on a bra and got shit-faced in ten minutes. <laughs> what kind of bra was that? Was like an, an alcohol delivery system? Uh, it was my ex-wife. <laughs> D cup because it was the only thing <laughs> fit around my chest at the time. Oh. <laughs> I I also stole my ex wife's shoes and wore those too, and then I made a then I made a point of calling her and letting her know that her clothes fit me perfectly. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> I was actually going to ask whether she was your ex-wife before you wore her clothes around. Oh, yeah. Night, <laughs> she had been for a while. <laughs> um, I, I had two little insiders who were willing to borrow stuff for me. <laughs> yes. that's, that's familial love right there. Let, please grab some of your mother's lingerie. Right. This is a totally innocuous request. <laughs> I, I want the... I want the blue and white teddy in the left hand. <laughs> God. Ew. And that's that sounded like the start of a country song. The that's blue a, yeah. and white teddy in the left hand drawer. <laughs> <laughs> that should be our new outro. <laughs> I still want that other part one to be part of our outro. Oh, this one? Hang on a sec. Let me remember it. Jinkies, bitches. Slow your rolls. Have a fabulous <laughs> night from us here at Inkeist. Good night. That was it. Good night, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Love you too, man. Uh, this was a blast. I'll talk to you on the other side of the Ethernet. Yeah, in about three minutes. Yep. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right after I go take a whopping crunchy. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. All right. All right. See ya. Good night. Is somebody gonna hang the fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.